0: Good afternoon, everyone. (laughs) So it's Ladies Month here at New Philly, and uh, we're celebrating women. Hey, go, ladies. Uh, Pastor Christian and I just came back from a trip uh, from Hong Kong. Uh, we got to join in a church called Solomon's Porch. They had their church retreat. Thank you. They had their church retreat, and Pastor Benjamin, who is our spiritual father, was actually the guest speaker. Uh, and it was awesome. It was so amazing just to see uh, another church community, uh, what God is doing there, and just how powerful God is working all over the world. Uh, Pastor Benjamin, as you guys expected, killed it. Uh, His messages were out of control. It was so good, so powerful. Uh, But some of my best memories, my favorite memories of the trip uh, was just connecting with different people uh, at Solomon's Porch. And uh, it was just a really lovely time, and we were so thankful that we got to go. I heard while we were there, though, Pastor Myung-hwa gave an awesome message last Sunday. Yeah? Yeah. she uh talked actually we're going to be reading from the same passage uh as she read but I'll do a different spin um but I heard that she preached about Marcus's pastor Marcus's glorious forehead she mentioned that one. I heard you really enjoyed that um yeah pastor Marcus he's the campus pastor at one and uh he really does have a glorious forehead um which was hilarious I saw a video clip someone actually filmed pastor Marcus's reaction To Pastor Myungwa speaking that, it was just so awesome. Uh, I think he enjoyed it. I think he really enjoyed it. Uh, but I just want to welcome, uh, Hillside here, but we're also going to be streaming in, uh, our other campuses today at Seaside, uh, and at Sydney, and of course, Itewan. So, um, excited. But a lot of Seaside people are here today. Yeah? Seaside people, can you wave your hand? Hey! Oh, wow. There's like a lot of you guys. Let's give it up for our Seaside folks. We're so happy you guys are able to join us. It's always good. And I'm sure Seaside back in Busan, you guys have an awesome group still there. So enjoy your service. Um, I want you guys to turn with me to Psalm chapter 139. Psalm chapter 139. And we're going to be reading from verses 1 to 16. Uh, I'll read uh, one verse, and you guys can read the following. I'm reading from the ESV, but you guys can read from whatever version you have. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I take my bed and show, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I have fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret. Intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Amen. It's such a powerful passage of scripture, Psalm 139. And I think one of the profound things about this passage in particular is it shows this all-powerful, all-knowing, all-amazing, the Alpha and the Omega God who knows you, who knows me, who hears our thoughts even before we think them, who sees us wherever we go. We can go from here to there, east to the west. God sees you. He knows you. He acknowledges you. There's something that is so deep and profound about that. And I believe that's the beginning of what I call a supernatural work in our lives because when we understand that God knows us, we're now in the process of being able to know him. God knows you. He sees you. God hears you. In the midst of all that, he's actually happy to be with you. You ever think about that? God is glad to be with you. He enjoys you. He delights over you. This is so incredible. It is so powerful to be able to connect with an almighty God. Sin disconnects. God's love connects. And it's a, Im, so imperative that you and I get this picture, that we understand this, because we're a generation that's longing to be seen. We're a generation that's longing to be heard. You see that with people trying out for American Idol or a Korean, uh, what is it, Superstar K, or all thousands and thousands of people who cannot sing and probably know they can't sing. They just want to be seen. They want to be known. They want to be heard. They want to tell their story. They want to be on camera. They want thousands of people to know that I'm alive and I'm important. There's this deep, innate desire for us to want to be acknowledged. And that desire is not a negative thing. It's a good thing. But the satisfaction of that to be known can only come from our connection with God. See, he knows you. He knows all about you. He knows the things that we try to hide. He he knows the things that we try to cover up. And still, not only does he know you, but he loves you. That's incredible. That's so powerful. You know, we desire connection. And that's what my message is about today, the power of connection. See, what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us is he reconnected us to God. Sin separated us, and Christ connected us. And we're people that want connection. Unfortunately, we're also people that's really good at superficial connection. We go on Facebook, and we see 120 friends. Actually, that's kind of little to some people, huh? We see 600 friends, and we think, wow, look at me. I'm so connected. I have all these people. We like people's pictures. They like ours. Connection superficial but there's this desire to want to connect you see people that are gamers and they have those headsets and they play games with you know fifth grader from ohio and and they want to talk banter and trash talk because in the midst of playing games you still don't want to just play with the computer you want to play with someone so you play with a random stranger because we want connection we go online and there's these games where you create your own avatars and now you can create whatever fantasy you want to be and you put on the clothes and the, and the looks of how you want to look. And you go in this fantasy land and you live life trying to meet people. You know, you go in like this and there's like a diamond over your head. I don't even know what game that is. What game is that? Sim City? Sim? The Sims. The Sims. You know, and they walk and they're like, hello. You know, and you, because people want to connect. The problem with our deep desire to connect is there, there's so much fear. Because we've also been a people of betrayal. We've been betrayed. We've been hurt. We've been abused. We've been disappointed in people. And so we long for connection, but we go to these superficial avenues. Why? Because it's safe. If someone in Avatar land, you know, does me wrong, then whatever, I'm gonna (laughs) sign off of my computer. It's that simple, it's that easy. I don't need to talk to you ever again. I don't need to deal with you ever again. If a Facebook acquaintance does something wrong and comments something nasty on my status, then defriend, unfriend you. Goodbye. It's just that easy. But listen, we're longing for more. There's a deep desire in our hearts for substantial connection. And the reason is because God first connected with us. This passage of being seen, of being known. Did you know that it's our mandate, it's our calling to manifest that, to reveal that to others. We're called to connect with one another. And we got to go deeper. And you know what? We have to stop being afraid. We have to stop running away. We have to start allowing ourselves to be vulnerable and be real. You know, we think, oh, I had my healing and deliverance, so I'm not allowed to struggle anymore. What? What world are you living in? I'm a pastor. I struggle. You're a leader. You struggle. Why do we try to cover that up? Why do we try to pretend like everything's okay? That's not church. That's not Christ. We got to connect. We got to listen to each other. We got to see each other. Just as Christ has seen us. Just as Christ has heard us. See, the devil is constantly trying to disconnect us. And even in the church, he's constantly trying to disconnect us because some of you have been hurt here in this place. You've been disappointed in people. You've invested in relationships and people just were not up to your standards. And it's frustrating. And you think, you know what? I'm not going to waste my time anymore. I'm just going to come to church, listen to the awesome message, and then leave. <laughs> that's not where church is. If, if that's your defini- de- definition of church, you're doing it wrong. Church isn't just listening to the message. It's listening to the message with the community, talking about the message with the community, holding each other accountable about the message with the community. It's about family. We are family. We do this together. We must be connected. First Peter describes the church as us being living stones. We are living stones built upon one another on Christ, the cornerstone, but built upon one another. And together we become the sanctuary of God, a holy priesthood. If those stones are disconnected, listen, we're not a pretty, we're not a good building. We have to be cemented together. We have to be in connection with one another to be a safe building. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to be walking in a building that has all these cracks and holes and looks like it's going to fall apart any second. Who's going to feel safe in that? But a community where there's connection, man, that's safe. That's powerful. God's trying to, trying to reconnect us. And the devil is constantly trying to disconnect us. You know, um, when I had my, uh, for, for those of you that don't know, of January of last year, um, I had gotten pregnant. And it was my first time getting pregnant. It was this an awesome experience, but a couple of later, a couple of months later, I ended up having a miscarriage, and it was a really tough time for me. And in the middle of that process, because it wasn't immediate miscarriage, basically what happened was uh, I saw the ultrasound and there was a, a sac, but there was no baby inside. And so I was standing on the hope that if I just waited, a baby would appear. You know, and we had the church praying, we had the leaders praying, and I was just contending in faith um, for this child. Uh, But eventually, we had to terminate the pregnancy through surgery. And in the middle of that process, I was in major, I, I was having a traumatic moment. And the funny thing about trauma is when we go through trauma or when we go through anything that brings us despair, our immediate desire is to want to disconnect. Literally the relational switch in our brain is like chill. Uh, Think about it. When's the last time you really got hurt or upset? Did you want to be around people? Did you want to go to that person's birthday party? No, you wanted to be by yourself in your room doing nothing or being alone. Why? Because that was safe for you. All of a sudden that circuit, that switch turns off. We just want to disconnect. Disconnect. And in the middle of that, where my switch was off and I did not want to see anybody. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I was trying to connect with God. I was trying to worship him, but even that was difficult. Pastor Sunny, my spiritual mom, she was in Indonesia for something and she stopped by Korea just to spend time with me. And I remember in the middle of this kind of traumatic moment, she turned to me and she goes, we have to turn your switch back on. And I said, what? And she explained the concept and she said, the only way you will receive healing is if you relationally connect. You can't, you will not be able to overcome this situation unless you connect back to people and unless you connect back to God. And so I was like, all right, so what am am I supposed to do? Go hang out with people. I don't want to hang out with people. And so she gave me this assignment and it was very interesting. She told me to spend some time by myself. And she asked me to type out pretty much a time with the Lord. And it first started with something called Thanksgiving seat. And she made me try to recall a very powerful moment that I've had with God. So I typed it out, Lord, you know, I remember this, and it was powerful. And then after the Thanksgiving seat, after coming from that place of of Thanksgiving, she had me go to what she called a thorn seat. And this was my place of pain. And she said, now be honest and write everything you want to write. Share with God your feelings and your emotions and now all of a sudden i'm sitting here If you guys do this by the way be by yourself, okay be by yourself and tissues right over here Okay, so I start typing and i'm like lord I'm pissed, you know, and I just started going on and on and i'm angry It's unfair when people go to see an ultrasound of their baby. They're supposed to see a baby What the heck? Why me? that's not fair. And then all of a sudden I was reminded of all these things where I felt like it wasn't fair for me, you know, total victim. I'm like, what's unfair fair when this happened. And it wasn't fair when this happened. And I remember this strange memory of when I went wedding dress shopping. I went by myself. I went on in Ida. ide has this kind of row of wedding dresses and uh, my best friend who was supposed to meet me, she was coming a little bit late. And so it was pouring rain Right, And I'm walking to find wedding dresses. And what I didn't know is Korean culture, you're supposed to come with your parents. Your groom is supposed to come. So they look at me. I was 24. Like I was a little kid wanting to try on dresses. So everyone rejected me. Uh, Sorry. No. 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 It's pouring rain. And I'm like... (laughs) just want to dress and in my mind i'm thinking oh you're supposed to go and sip champagne and your girlfriend's supposed to be like oh you're so cute and (laughs) it's supposed to be this like awesome experience and here i'm walking in the rain and no one will let me try and address so that memory came up and i'm like why is my life so hard and you know all this stuff came out It, it was deep pain and then she said this after you go to that thorn seat I want you to type out, pause and listen for the Lord. And God wants to connect you in this way. He wants you to know, number one, I see you. Number two, I hear you. And number three, I'm glad to be with you. Meaning even in the midst of this trial and pain, I'm still glad to be with you. You know, because we want our friends to be happy all the time, don't we? We want people to be in a good mood. But when someone comes in all discouraged, you're like, oh, Lord, okay. Okay. What's the problem? Sometimes it's inconvenient. It's hard, but in the midst of our struggle, God's saying, "I'm still glad to be with you." So she made me take those three lines and try to hear the voice of God in those three areas. So I started typing, "I see you," and I had to type it in the Lord's uh, point of view. So I would say my name, Erin, I see you. Okay, dude, <sighs> Aaron. <laughs> I see you. And I'm like. (laughs) And all of a sudden, God began to reveal to me things I'd forgotten about. I saw you. That even after you got that diagnosis, you ran to the closet and you prayed and you worshipped me. I saw you. And all these things. I saw you when you, um, you know, went and, and received prayer. And I saw you trying to shift in faith. I saw you try to encourage yourself. I just typed it all out. Just flowing with the Holy Spirit. Next, I hear you. I heard that prayer that you prayed. Specific words. Man, God was ministering to me. And the last part, I'm glad to be with you. In the midst of all the pain, I'm so glad to be with you. That was me for like 20 minutes, just crying and crying. See, Pastor Sonny was trying to get me to reconnect with God. She was trying to get me to understand that God still sees me. He hears me. He's glad to be with me. It was such a powerful encounter. And then she gave me another assignment. And this was harder than the first part. She said, I had to read what I wrote to two people. I was like, oh, chill. (laughs) This is between me and the Lord, you know? Nobody needs to know this. No, in its raw form. She said, I want you to read it out loud to two people and all they need to do is just listen to you. They just need to see you. They need to hear you and to be, be glad to be with you. Basically, she was saying, you can't just connect with God and call it a day. Cause a lot of us do that, don't we? But we got to reconnect with people. And so I read it. I share with my husband and then I read it to pastor Sonny and then God said, (laughs) (laughs) I think I cried more when I was reading it. It was like really intense, but it was so powerful that activity in itself. I felt my switch in my brain literally as, as hard as it was initially switch back up. You see connection brings us to life. When we connect with people, we come alive. Even the most introvert of introverts, You long for connection. You were made for connection. The extroverts of extroverts, you're made for connection. It doesn't matter what your personality is. And it doesn't matter the way that you recuperate may be different, but we still are made for connection. We need to connect with God and we need to connect with one another. And so I want to share with you. I want to challenge you guys on three areas I want you to connect in. And these areas are not just about receiving the, I see you, I hear you. I'm glad to be with you because God does that for us. Some of you, that's where you're stuck. You haven't been able to connect with God. If that's your story, meditate on Psalm 139 this week, every day, read it and meditate on it and watch God just break through. He's going to confront some of the bitterness and the hurt and the pain that you've been having and carrying with you that has blocked you from being able to connect with him. But this message is more focused on our mandate, our mission to connect with others. We're called to reveal God by seeing others, by hearing others, by being glad to be with others. The first area that I want us to connect with is just simply the spiritual house here. In the house, we got to connect. You know, how many people here at church really know you? And I'm not talking about like, know your name and know where you're from. I'm talking about, know your story, know your struggles. How many people know here, your weaknesses, your hardships, your dreams, your values? How many people know you here? And how many people have you tried to get to know, you know, even in, in areas like community groups, we can do it just superficial guys. It's easy. Oh yeah. The sermon spoke to me this way, you know, and you see some, I don't know where that accent came from, by the way, <laughs> came from a deep place. No, um, you know, th- this is what it said. We can go superficial, but I'm telling you, we were designed to go deep. We were designed, but we got to be brave. We got to be bold. And you know what? We have to love one another enough to ask each other the questions. No, seriously. How was your week? What was a difficult part of your week? And not only to ask the questions, but to listen to what they're saying, to pay attention. You know, even in the church, we all want to be acknowledged. Let's acknowledge one another. Let's not just say, oh, hey, what's up? It's so good to see you and walk out. No, let's really see each other. Let's really acknowledge one another. Let's really listen to one another. And in the midst of that, let's really delight, be glad to see one another. Even when someone's having a tough time, you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm so blessed to be with you. I'm so blessed to support you right now. That's got to be our attitude. When we connect as a house, God's glory is displayed. When we connect, the glory is revealed. When people come into the house of God, they should be able to look at us and our relationships with one another and see the power of God's love. We're an amazing house. We're an amazing church and we're very relational, but I feel like let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. Let's make those connections even stronger. Let's be brave enough, not only to be vulnerable, but to ask and to find out, to love and to search out one another. We should manifest Christ to one another in this way. The second place I want you to connect to is connect with your workplace or connect with your school if you're a student. Majority of your time is at work or at school. If your only divine connections are here at church, we got a problem, folks, because we're here once a week on Sunday, maybe twice if you go to a community group. If that's your only time to minister or to get ministered to, seriously, you are not living your destiny. You are not living your potential. Pastor Benjamin said it like this at Solomon's porch, uh, the retreat. He said, if you're the Christian in your workplace, you're the pastor. You got to see yourself as a spiritual authority at work. You got to walk in understanding that that's the responsibility that God has given you to invite his presence in your workplace. So what kind of connections are you making? Is it all administrative? Hey, can you make those copies for me? Is it all logistic? Hey, can you send me those emails? Thanks. Or are you making serious connections with people at your work? Are you asking them questions about their life? Are you listening to what they're going through? And are you there to just simply support them? You know, you can display Christ without explicitly saying the name of Jesus. Some of us, we get too worked up. I can't say, that's fine. Don't say his name, but be like him and connect That's the ministry of Jesus Christ. Everywhere he went, he connected with people. And you know what? He connected with people that no one else wanted to acknowledge. Who's the loner at your workplace? Acknowledge them. Who's the misfit? Acknowledge them. Who's the person that everyone else can't stand? Acknowledge them. Pay attention to them. See them. Hear them. We have testimonies of people at our church who just allowed themselves to be open in this way and had literally their bosses pour out everything that they've been going through. Man, just, just by asking the question, is everything okay? And then, boom, just sharing everything. Are you willing? Are you walking to work with that kind of expectation? Or are you just going to work to get your paycheck? If work is just a means to get paid... Man, you're not walking in your destiny. Your workplace is your missions field. It is the place where you are called by God to release the glory. Oh, but PE, I mean, I teach English and uh, it's just temporary. I really have a calling for North Korea. Oh, well, that's great. But until you get to North Korea, what are you going to do? You're going to wait until you go to North Korea to minister to people. You're going to wait till you go to North Korea till you release the kingdom of God. I don't think so. Your destiny doesn't start when you think you stepped into your calling. It already started. You're already walking it. When you look at the life of Joseph, his destiny didn't start when he became Pharaoh's right-hand man. His destiny started the moment he understood that he was the father's son. And even in the pit, he was in destiny. Even as a slave to Potiphar, he was walking his destiny. Even in the prison, he was walking his destiny. So whether you think you're a teacher forever or, or not or whatever it may be, no, you guys need to understand you're already walking your destiny. So are you making connections at work? Are you listening and acknowledging the people around you? You know what? Your coworker, they're longing to be seen. Did you know that? They're desperate to be seen. They're desperate to be heard for someone to pay attention to them, to to recognize that they're important. They have that they may be nasty. They may be rude. That's all facade, all facade, deep down. They're hungering for the students. Same thing for school, your professors and your classmates, people around you. If your school time is just for you to get educated again. You're missing a portion of your destiny. Doing well in school is imperative. It's important. But making connections as a student is also very important. Emmaus students, if all of your connections are just with Emmaus, you're not walking your destiny. If all of the times you actually want to listen to what people have to say is if they're Christian or if they're from New Philly, you are not walking your destiny. We got to connect. You know... Dr. Kirby at the retreat, he said something very interesting. He said, be in relationship with people who disagree with you. And I've been thinking about that. I've been really thinking about that. Cause isn't it our natural desire to avoid the people that disagree with you? Don't you isn't it easy to be with like-minded folk? Isn't it easy to just all be New Philly and hang out with New Philly and go to New Movies with New Philly and then go to church with New Philly? And you know, because we have our New Philly lingo and and all it's so convenient, but it's not kingdom. It's not kingdom. We have to be able to connect with the non-believer. We have to be able to connect with someone who doesn't believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Who cares? Connect with them. Just acknowledge them. Listen to them. Love them. That's kingdom. That's kingdom. The third place I want to challenge you to connect in is your family and mercy. How many of us need some more Jesus in that area? Uh-huh. Ooh! I am not speaking to you as a professional family connector. It's hard. It's hard, but we cannot forsake this area. Parents, we have to connect with them. We have to connect with them. It's, it's not easy sometimes, but still there is a blessing. When we connect siblings, man, I haven't spoken to my brother for years. No, pick up the phone and call your brother and just connect. You don't need to preach a sermon. You don't need to be, you know, prophesying openly. (laughs) Just connect with them. Hey, how are you? I miss you. You know, it's so powerful. Even when that happens, we have to connect with our family. And if we don't know how to connect with our parents and our siblings, how are we going to connect with our spouses and our children? We have to connect. Husbands and wives, you have to connect with one another. You know, you can live next to each other and literally you can live with each other and be roommates and not have a single ounce of connection throughout the day. That's very possible. But you have to connect with one another. You know, I was at a Zealot conference these past two days with Pastor Dave Gibbons and he said it like this, husbands, he doesn't speak like that, but husbands, treat your wives like you treat your cell phones. And what he meant by that was every little noise. Oh, oh, what's going on? Every little alert. Oh, my. You're so attentive to your cell phones. So alert. So sensitive. Oh, email alert, alert. I got to check. I got to check right now. You're so sensitive to your cell phones. And then you have to protect your cell phones. You got to get that nice case just in case it drops. You got to keep that cell phone near you, you know, because it can't be in the other room. Are you kidding me? It's got to be. You know, husbands, treat your wives <laughs> like your cell phones. <laughs> oh man. But that goes both ways. Cause I'm, I'm all about my cell phone too. Wives, treat your husbands like your cell phones as well. But you can do marriage without connection. You can. That's how couples become strangers. Cause they forgot to connect and you can be a parent without connection. You can provide all of the needs of your children without connecting to them. Some of you guys experienced that your parents provided everything that you needed, except connecting with you, acknowledging you, listening to what you had to say and what you're going through. We got to start now. And even if we feel weak in this area, we got to stand on the grace of God. We got to stand on the power of God and understand that this is his heart. So let's renew our effort. Let's renew our desire to connect with our families. So connect with the house, connect with your workplace and connect with your family. Now, how do we connect? I'm going to give you a couple of ways we can get better at connecting that activity that pastor Sonny gave me that I see you I hear you. I'm glad to be with you. Those are great guidelines to connection because basically what happens when you make those statements and you don't have to say that because that's weird, you know, Hey man, I see you. (laughs) I hear you. And you know what? I'm glad to, you know, that's strange. You know, you don't need to, you don't need to say it like that, but you can, you can show that, you know what I mean? Like, Hey, it's good to see you. Hey, what's going on, Sam? Just even saying hi to them. We can go to the office and not even acknowledge each other, you know, acknowledging one another. But, but showcasing those three phrases can be so powerful. You know what else is powerful? Not just saying, Hey, like, Hey Matt, what's up? But being excited to see someone. Matt, Matt, hey, big hug. You know how love someone feels when they get that kind of reaction, you know? Pastor Sunny, she specifically does that to keep people in our church that she knows have been struggling. She just looks at them and when she sees them, oh my gosh! And it's not fake, it's just love. She's displaying God's love to them. I delight in your time. I delight being with you. Seeing you makes me so excited. Just even doing that for somebody is so powerful. Another key way that we can Connect is the key thing. Is ask questions. Everybody, we have to be better question askers. What is that? Is that it's a, yes. We have to ask questions, and not only ask questions. We have to actually listen to what people say in response to the questions, and not tune out and think about what we're saying when they're talking. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to say in response to that. that da, 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 da. No, you got to just sit there and literally just listen. You know, for, I'm a talker naturally. So most of my life I spent, when people talk, I'm creating my response. Like I'm not even, I'm just creating my response to the snippets of things I catch. That's how I listen for most of my life. And then in college, I studied human development. And part of the you know, process was I had to study um, counseling. And so as I was sitting in counseling, they're like, no, you can't do that. You actually have to listen to people. And from that moment, I, that was the first time I actually started to really listen to people. Ask questions and really listen. And not only listen to them, but listen to the Holy Spirit. When you listen to someone and they're sharing, but you're tuning in to the Holy Spirit at the same time, now you're getting the information that they're not even saying. You understand what I mean? Now you're getting inside scoop. They're saying one thing, but Holy Spirit's saying is they've been lonely. They've been lonely. Or you get a, a get an insight. You know what? They just need some time. Or they've been struggling with their family. You get the inside scoop on how to love, how to acknowledge, how to minister to the people around you when you listen to people and when you listen to the Holy Spirit. You know, about connection, it's not about being ambitious. Now everyone's been like, oh, we got to connect. We got to connect. You know, no, no, don't. It's not about ambition. It's about obedience. All I'm asking you to do is not connect to every single person in the church, but come to this house expecting to connect with people and allow yourself to see who God is leading. You know what, man? Josh is standing out to me. I feel like I want to connect with him. I feel like there's got to be a connection and just going up and having a conversation And going deep in that conversation. Being led by the spirit. The only way that we can connect being led by the Holy Spirit is we have to pay attention. We're like that on the missions field. For some of you who have been on short-term missions, isn't it amazing just how spidey senses are like out of control on how to speak to and how sensitive we are to the Holy Spirit? We walk in for a week of ministry in India and we have so much expectation, but we go through our weeks here in Korea and we have none. There's something wrong with that. We got to start each day, God, you're going to set up divine appointments for me. Divine connection divine connections. Help me to pay attention. Help me to listen. How do we connect? We have to get over the inconvenience, guys. This is the part that's hard. This is the part where I struggle. It's inconvenient. It's inconvenient. Connecting with others, sometimes it just takes too much time. It takes effort. Like, I don't know them. You don't know me. Like, they're strange, you know? Like, I don't really like them as a person, but Holy Spirit's saying, I got to connect. It's inconvenient, but God is saying, get over the inconvenience. Get over the inconvenience and allow him to work because once you tap into that, the supernatural is going to begin to flow. Another way that you connect is something that Pastor Sunny told me. She really likes neuroscience, So it's really interesting and it's called the left eye to left eye connection. Okay. I'm going to explain it very quickly. When you look at someone with your left eye and their left eye, like I'm looking at you, AJ right now, you know what's going on? His right side of his brain is stimulated. That's where his control center is. And amongst the both of us, the weaker brain is going to sink to the stronger brain. What that means is if AJ has anxiety, I have the stronger brain here. Okay. If AJ has anxiety, right? But I'm carrying peace, and I look at him in the left eye. What's going on? His brain, even though he has anxiety, it's going to sink to mine. And all of a sudden, he's not going to know why, but he feels peace. Don't you feel that when, you, when you're with someone? You're like, wow, I just feel peace. And when you're with others, you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm so stressed out. I was, like, perfectly fine until I spent time with you, you know? <laughs> like, what the heck just happened? That's strange. That's strange. We got to understand that we have the strong brain, everybody. We have strong minds, minds in Christ. When we know that, we can release joy to those that are feeling really just filled with despair. We can release peace to those that have anxiety just by looking at them. <laughs> I'm releasing the kingdom. You're not even saying a word. Um, she learned this because Alethe was a choleric baby. And what happened was Alethea would just cry and cry and cry, and Pastor Sunny would get so stressed out, and she started doing all this research, and then she learned that if, if she stays in a place of peace and calm, Alethea would calm down. You know what I 'm saying? All of a sudden, she realized that her baby was sinking with her emotions, so if she was frustrated, then her baby would be frustrated. So all of a sudden, ah, 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 she 'd be like that 's okay you 're okay." La, la, la. <laughs> and slowly but surely, the baby would calm down. I mean, I see even Pastor Anita do that with Olivia. Olivia's tired. <laughs> Olivia's like, that's all right. You're okay. You're okay. She's like screaming. I'm like in a panic. I'm like, oh my gosh, is everything okay? Like, no, no, she's fine. She's, like, You're okay. You're okay. Soon, Olivia just calms down. She sinks to Pastor Anita. You have to allow the people around you to sink to the kingdom inside of you. God is calling you and I for connection. We're called to connect, to connect with one another here in this house, but we got to connect outside, guys. We got to connect. We got to sync with others. We have to acknowledge others. This Psalm 139, we have to make it come alive to someone else. Wow, you see me. Wow, you know me. Wow, even things I didn't say, how did you know my thoughts? How did you know I was struggling like that? Let's manifest the love of God through connection. Amen? Amen. And then I want you guys to just close your eyes. And I want to just say a quick prayer over everybody. These three areas church, workplace, and family. And I want you to take a moment in your seat, and I want you to allow God to reveal just even one person in each arena. Church, workplace, and family, just let the Holy Spirit begin to just speak to you. God, who is someone that you want me to be intentional about connecting with? want me to connect with and remember connecting not just not to receive who do you want me to connect to give and if you need some more time then i want to encourage you guys to find that time But for those of you that have those people in your mind, I want us to just collectively pray just all across all the campuses, just pray together and let's just make a fresh commitment to the Lord. God, help me to connect again. Help me to connect again. Lead me to connect. Open up the doors for me to connect. Can we just pray that prayer? Come on, let's just pray for those that God's revealing.